Thanks for listening to The DJ and the Dancer. I'm DJ Queen. And I'm Sakina Ibrahim. Let's get into this thing. Well, DJ Clean, you just came back from Trinidad. <laughs> My accent you is, me with the accent. The accent's getting good. <laughs> um, look, I need to work on mine, so I can't even judge well, your accent. Good, because I think my accent's great. I've been around Caribbeans a long time. Yeah, yeah. We're just going to roll with that. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. You're so shady. Okay, so you just came back. Um, Why was this year's carnival such a big deal? I think this year's carnival was a big deal because of the people in attendance. Uh, I think it was one of the biggest carnivals. It was 2020. uh, And just looking at the celebs who were there, like Ludacris, Nicki Minaj was there. I know that there was... um, some TV show host there. I can't remember the specific um, show, but she was there. And was she it was, the real? It wasn't the real, but it was oh. something similar okay. in that vein. And she was saying, you know, like even if you're a woman with a little bit of insecurity, you can come to Trinidad and just feel amazing. You'll feel like a queen. And mm. and I think the publicity that Carnival is receiving is now putting it on a platform um, for the world to see, and more and more people are starting to visit. Trinidad, um, who may or may not even know about Trinidad's culture or Caribbean culture in general, they just know that they want to go to this thing. That's that looks very very fun, which it is. It's an amazing experience. But I think the the gap there is that some people who attend don't know anything about the culture. Yeah. Yeah. And so you don't you show up to this island. It's fun. There's naked women. There's (laughs) fine, (laughs) fine ass men who are shirtless with like things on their head. As soon as you get off the airport, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as you get off the plane. (laughs) But it gets tricky because American culture is so over-sexualized. The black female body is so over-sexualized. And so we see that and we automatically kind of like devalue and just make it a sexual thing Mm -hmm. but culturally it's not yeah and and i could give an example of that i think it's the socialization of media and and the portrayal of like the sexualization of black bodies um and uh when i was at trinidad i ran into a group of women from um la and we were just talking and one of the Girls, well, actually, it was a few of the girls in the group, but one in particular said, you know, she was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, twerking is whining. And when she said that, I just kind of was like, well, I see that you're trying to correlate the dancing, mm-hmm. more or less, and make the connection, but it's not. It's kind of nuanced. So um, I pointed to an older woman who was at the same fet. I said, that's whining. And... Even though I pointed to this woman, the same person was like, no, that's not it. So I don't I didn't have necessarily a problem with them trying to make a connection. I did have I was a little frustrated because it was just I think there was a straight up saying I'm in your culture, but this is just what it is. It wasn't a learning moment or you were trying to learn or you were even interested in learning. Mm. And I think that's what rubbed me the wrong way and I knew what her intentions was um, and I had to say well you know I grew up in a Trinidadian household both of my 
parents are Trinidadian and they teach you how to wine from a very young age. Really? Yeah. Both men, men and women. No way. Yeah. You know, it's like dancing. It's like, oh, go. Like if you have a little, your niece or something like that. Oh, go, go. Right, right. When you're cheering the kids on to dance. dance. Yeah. But it's something that's ingrained in the culture. So there's definitely a, a difference. And I think what also got me a little frustrated was when she tried to compare Trinidad Carnival to, to Freaknik, which is completely different because Trinidad Carnival is rooted in uh, African tradition and, it's, and it has a, a rich history um, that stems from colonization. It stems from emancipation. It stems from um, the shedding of skin. It stems from new beginnings and instead, uh, and it's around the lentil season and it, it has a, a really rich history. Mm. Not saying Freaknik doesn't have a rich history, but it's different. And Freaknik's foundation was based off of the sexualization of black bodies, I think. I think it's based off of that. If you go on a Freaknik, you know, you're going, you know, you're gonna probably gonna end up having sex or you're gonna be looking for these hoes or whatever. Trinidad Carnival is not necessarily that. It does come from a rich history that stems from, um, from the emancipation of slaves and the Catholicism based around the the holiday. So was there, did you experience anything where you, that made you uncomfortable in terms of like the misconceptions of the guys? I mean, I understand with the girl trying to make the connection in the movement, mm-hmm. which let me put my dance scholar hat on for a minute and just say, you know, moving, the lower area of your body, that is an ancestral expression, right? Connected to our fertility, Definitely. you know, as women. Um, and so even though it can be sexualized, the roots is really about celebrating the feminine energy that brings forth life, yeah. right? So when we're Definitely. seeing twerking, when we're seeing this cultural movement, I call it cultural movement, even though the lens is sexual, that's mm-hmm. really not why we do it. And it's difficult to understand why, because it goes so far back to our ancestry, which especially for African-Americans, a lot of us don't know where that ancestral line connects to. Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Um, So across the diaspora, yes, we have all these different ways of twerking and whining, um, but there's similarities, but they are very different because the music is different, the message is different, and what you're saying even about the the roots coming from the emancipation of slaves, yeah. you know, that's very different than pop. It's very different. Oh my goodness. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And I think it all has value. We can put it all on the table, but there's a lot of differences throughout the diaspora. And I think uh, us as millennials are trying to figure out the similarities and differences. Yeah. What brings us together, and then, like you said, what are the nuances that mm-hmm. that um, can be celebrated amongst each other without clumping us all together as black folk? Definitely, and I think that's what she was attempting, and the girls in the group was attempting. I think her method of communication was off, but her intentions was to make that connection underneath the diaspora. Um, and saying, hey, you know, this is similar to where I, I come from. And because I understand what it's like to be in an, another culture, Trinidad does have a strong culture. So if you're unfamiliar with it, it could seem a bit overwhelming. But at the same time, it's not like this group was 
diving into the culture. There was another group of um, women from LA who I knew who took time to learn the culture, to listen to the music before they got there, to like eat the food, to like hang with some Trini people. So they were a little bit more acclimated once they got there versus this other group who was just kind of standing around, not engaged in the culture firsthand, but critiquing it or evaluating the culture. And to go back to your question about <clears throat> amongst the men, yeah, in, in my group, I had a group of guys traveling with me. And some, some of the guys I knew, some I didn't. You know, so, so that happens um, plenty of times when you're planning trips to Carnival. Guys want to join in and people want to join in. Um, and when they got there, the first thing that some of the guys were saying was like, I can't wait to get on these hoes, man, and they bust it open. You know, that type of, that type of thing. And I was like, well, Why, you know. Lord? <laughs> Why? And, and for me, I like, generally the guys who I hang around with, they don't really talk like that. So it was, I mean, some of these guys I didn't know. And, and um, it was different hearing that again, like, you know, because I haven't been around in a while. But it was also interesting to see these same guys come in with that mind frame. And then once they got to their first FET, the same guy who was talking all that, want to get up on women, stood there. He didn't even dance. Oh. Because. He was overwhelmed. He, he was overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he was trying to figure out and process in his mind what's going on. I'm unfamiliar with the music. I'm unfamiliar with the culture. And he's observing, I'm sure, the way the women are dancing, which they're not just out here like bent over twerking. A lot of them are whining or a lot of them are chilling. Then you have the guys. The guys aren't going crazy. They're not over-sexualizing the women. So I think he was processing it. Now, towards the end of the trip, the same person, he was like, y'all love Trinidadian culture. Like wow. he moved completely different. He, was, he wasn't like, oh, you know, women are X, Y, and Z. He wasn't over-sexualizing women. He was just more or less like, you know what, I could find my wife here, actually. Mm. There's a level of unspoken respect that goes on in the culture that you can say, hey, this is self-expression and dancing, and you don't have to over-sexualize the people who are doing this. Yeah. And I think he caught himself doing that, and he realized that, he did that when he first got there, but when he left, he was like, you know what? Like, he he moved a little bit more different. Not saying he's not gonna go back to doing that because I mean, you come back to America, you're gonna get back into that mind frame. But he realized that it's not what you thought it would be with this sexual experience. There's just like it makes me so frustrated because there are so many messages that we receive through the media and through the music that are about like just devaluing black women and like you're a hoe and you're a bitch and if you shake your ass you're this like you can so easily escalate as a stripper yeah you know what i mean <laughs> being celebrated as a yeah, stripper definitely. um which, like, I'm not mad. Like, I got strippers in my family. Like, it's all good. You have to do what you have to do for your paper. There's a whole system, right, that, like, makes make sure you always consider that as a means of income, right? Word Shaking up, your yeah. ass mm -hmm. um, to be sexualized for men versus a cultural expression. So it just, it just frustrates me on, like, how much misinformation and how much miseducation and, like, just the lack of respect, 
Yeah. You know, the lack of respect, one, for the physical body and its expression of movement. And then also like my being like I'm not here for you to be entertained and have all kinds of things happening in your imagination. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. And I mean, like one of the other guys, he did thorough research before he came to Trinidad. He took a soca dance class. He learned some some differences on the culture when he got there. Um, he was amazed. He was just so happy to just be in the culture, in the Caribbean culture. And noted, I mean, his background is South African. So I don't know if that plays a part in the way he views culture and things, but he did grow up in, like, America. So um, there, there were differences. And I think it's just more or less you'll get these differences as cultures merge and we experience each other in the diaspora. You're going to have moments where we bump heads and there are conflicts mm-hmm. because we're trying to reconnect with each other. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I get emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Are you about to start crying? What's going I'm on? always about to cry, you know that. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Yeah. There um it excites me because I think that there are so many platforms and outlets that are trying mm-hmm. to connect the diaspora. So like Afrochella happened, that was a big yeah. deal. Um there's Essence Fest in South Africa now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Afropunk. I think Afropunk was probably one of the, yeah, even though it's its own unique niche group of yeah. black folk. <laughs> definitely. Um, definitely. There are a lot of platforms that are bringing the, uh, the black culture together. And also, I was going to say something else. There's a lot of platforms bringing the music. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I went to Ghana in 2013 and was listening to Azuntu and Hip Life and was like, this music is bomb. And then fast forward 2020, like, yeah. Afrobeat is the biggest, it's like on the charts now. Yeah. And, you know, like, even with that, it's like with Afrobeats, that's just a, a generalized category mm-hmm. when you get in, in depth in actual African culture and you travel to different regions, each region has its own specific uh, music to the region, which has uh, its own meaning to the music, like Nigerian sounds versus like Angolan and Ghanaian sounds. So I I think it's cool that we can make the connection like, oh yeah, Afro beats, but I always encourage um, people who like this music and especially if you're in the music entertainment business and you're profiting off the music to learn a little bit more about it, to go there and, and make the connection, to walk with the people, talk with them. And, um, you know, I had uh, a friend recently hit me up saying, what's the top five soca songs? Mm. And he's a DJ. And I thought to myself, that's kind of hard to do because it's one that's very subjective, right? Each DJ who played at Trinidad Carnival, that's their interpretation of what's hot. Now, you have such uh, common things like the road march, you have groovy soca, which are subgenres, uh, power soca, which are subgenres of soca music, and then you have soca, which stems from calypso, and there's a rich history behind it, um, but it's not a simple thing to say what's the top five, right? It's, it's your interpretation of the music, your interpretation of the culture. Each DJ I heard, um, they played a certain songs that they did like, but that was their interpretation of what they like. Right. Right. So at one party, there was one DJ who um, he played a lot more soca outside of Trinidad, which I appreciated because I got a chance to hear like 
Guadalupin and Martinique Soca and, and French Soca, and it was dope. And I was like, yo, this is really good. I haven't, me as someone who grew up listening to Trinidad and Soca music and, and Soca music from other islands, I never really dove into that realm of Soca, but it was um, really, really amazing. So, wow. I, I'm, you know, like the thing is, it takes research. And even if, let's say, I were to say, this is my top five songs, doesn't mean you'll know how to play it if you never really experienced the culture. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard because you could just be like, well, I, I, played this, I played this song and it didn't work. Um, I'm like, well, you have to know when and how to play it. Right. And that's, you'll know that by being there in the context. Um, so you can't appropriate it. You can't just take somebody, yeah. another DJ's top five. That sounds ridiculous. That, that does, right? It sounds, it sounds very so ridiculous. crazy. And, you know, this is the homie, but it was like, <laughs> I, I know they didn't mean any harm, but it was my interpretation of it was like, well, it doesn't necessarily work like that. It's like, what's the top five Afrobeats? Someone in a certain region of Africa would look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, but, because you know. it's your job and your profession to decide. Yeah. Right? To decide what it is. And then, yeah, I mean, you're going to have like, general songs where everyone likes that catch on like the afro b song that I, I mean that caught on worldwide but still it's um such in-depth knowledge there if you want to actually learn about the different cultures right i had someone who was nigerian who i met in trinidad it was a woman and she went to it was either afro cello or something else mm. right and she ended up going to two festivals during that time, and she said that it was in Ghana, and the second festival she went to catered only to local artists. She didn't know any of the music. Wow. But everyone in that region knew the music. That's right? dope. And she's Nigerian. Mm-hmm. So it's, it gets deep. And mm. when we start making surface-level connections, that's where I think the problem comes, whether it's um, generalizing the dance, the dancing of the cultures, or generalizing the music, if there's like a top five or something like that, versus just taking time to do a little bit of research and just understand, okay, this is how I'm going to be respectful to this culture and play or dance to their culture, because it's a respect. I literally was going to say that next. Respect the culture. <laughs> you can't just like pop in and out and take what you want and, yeah. you know, generalize, like respect the culture, respect that this is a people, you know, this is a, a community, this is a socialization, like there's so much. And it's difficult ex- even explaining like what culture is because it's a beingness, yeah. you know what I mean? And everybody's trying to figure out what that thing is, yeah. but it's a beingness. Yeah. We call it aesthetic of the cool and dance. Of the cool. <laughs> and I, and I think culture is forever changing. And I'll give people of the African diaspora um, leeway for us to explore each other's cultures because Europeans have taken from us from so many times True. without caring True. about what the culture is. So I'm more gentle with us actually taking a little bit from someone's culture and um just to add to their own, even if it's a little bit surface level, but I think that there does need to be a little bit of education. Yeah. Just so there's less conflicts because that's where the divide comes from with like, let's say African-American culture, Caribbean culture, and African culture, right? Mm -hmm. We're all trying to make these connections, but when you don't take time to understand that there are things that are nuanced, 
um, that's when the conflict happens because we're not listening to each other. Yeah, and, and we can't forget about our Latin, Afro-Latino people either. Definitely. The diaspora is huge, and to um, dissect it all will take a long time, but I think the problems come with over uh, generalizations of each other's cultures or what you perceive the culture as versus just taking time to observe and, and, and ask questions. Yeah, and we have centuries of undoing and unlearning to do right definitely in in communicating and building and i always i never understood why we fight it's like i don't understand why we fighting each other Mm -hmm. (laughs) just ask a question because this big old mess that we're under this big old systematic mess like the foot is on everybody's neck so what i got a problem with you for you know yeah, I think I think it's like needs not being met and frustrations, right? You're underneath the systematic umbrella. Um, within this umbrella, you have a European culture taken from your culture, and then you look at your brothers and sisters from other nations and other Caribbean and African um, cultures, and you want to say, hey, we need to unify. And they may say, well, I need you to understand that my culture is still a little bit different. Right. Um, we could still make the connection. We could still unify. We could do all that. But we, I think in order to do that, we must understand each other a little bit more because everything was different. The slave trade was different. Everywhere, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, slavery was different from the Caribbean, Caribbean compared to um, America. There were different things that happened. Um, I won't, I would never say the that, you know, the difference between American and um, Caribbean slavery is that is one boat stop away. I know, I know that's an excuse for people to say, oh, we're one. That's what they're basically trying to say. We're one. I mean, it's one boat stop away. But what happened in between yep. the time of slavery, uh, whether or not there were overseers versus the actual slave um, owners working hand in hand with the slaves determined on how long, like, uh, whether African tradition was moved on. I know in the, in the Caribbean they did have, like, this is a little paraphrase, but they did have slavery and they had some of them, some of the islands had overseers versus actual slave owners. So if you have an overseer versus a slave owner, then you might be able to, to squeeze in your African tra- tradition yeah, a little bit more a, longer. It's a different dynamic. Yeah. V- versus having um, someone who's there hand in chain with you w- beating your culture out of you. So you might be able to be a and little, owning you. Yeah. And owning you. Yeah. And even back with the, the Trinidad Carnival. The carnival can mean different things. It's, it's debatable, but um, it can mean shedding of flesh. Um, Juve is based off of Cambule, which is, um, it's the beginning of Mass. It's, it's in the morning, but Cambule, um, this mud and paint, and that came from uh, the burning of the cane fields. Um, some of the, the slave owners would or overseers would still make the slaves work while the cane fields were burning. So, you know, you're covered in mud and paint. And what ends up happening was through Cambolet, those same slave owners made fun of the slaves. Then once there was an emancipation and then slaves were able to get their own, or should I say, um, yeah, they were able to get their own carnival or juve going or Cambolet going, they made fun of the slave masters. So it was like a reciprocated reciprocation and also like my my cousin said that juve is also uh based off of like slaves purposely burning the cane fields and acting possessed and wearing mud and paint 
and devil horns to scare um, the slave owners and slave masters. And there were different tactics used in liberation. So, and this is roughly like around, I think like the 1800s or something like that. So, or 1830, but there, I think there will be less conflict when we just take time to understand the histories and what happened. Yeah. And knowing that these things that we are celebrating and that are becoming more commercial and that are bringing us together have a deep rooted history in forgotten people. Right. We will never know their names. You know what I'm saying? We like these are our ancestors. You know, these are people, (laughs) forgotten people. And so Mm -hmm. we are uplifting a story a narrative that has been silenced yeah right Mm -hmm. and and that is really what it's about it's about celebrating this past celebrating this journey of like where we are now and how we have overcome so many kinds of violence right and oppression and we find joy within ourselves right like there's just so much joy in trinidad carnival but look what it is coming from you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. What, what do you think are um top tips for surviving 2021 <laughs> yeah. uh maybe you can create a list <laughs> because i want to go and i see a lot of these posts and like there was this black girl who was like y'all trinidadians why are you partying <laughs> from 3 a.m <laughs> Yo, she shouldn't have, she shouldn't have came in the first place if she wasn't ready. <laughs> I told you, I was like, nah, nah, DJ Clean. I like my sleep. I can't hang. Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I always tell people it's like when you when you're in the culture and you're in the atmosphere, like you you have a different type of energy versus if you're looking at it from the outside in. Because it looks crazy. It does look crazy. You like, yo, I'm mad sleepy at work right now, looking at this person having fun, but why are they up at three o'clock in the morning going to a party? So, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is I always tell people, I said, work out so you don't die. Right? (laughs) It got to be that, though. You got to (laughs) die. Yes. Because the thing is, like, people work out to look good, but I'm like, yo, you got to do cardio. Like, me personally, I went to eight fets in a row. I went to two breakfast fets, and that began at um, three o'clock in the morning and ended at 12. And then I I did juve also, which begins at at 2 a.m and ends when the sun rises and then i went home home took a shower and then went right back down the road for for mass uh, for uh carnival monday and that's crazy it's crazy yeah i i thought you were crazy for sure (laughs) so i think um diet eating um Mm. i don't drink so i noticed a big difference between my friends who did drink versus me i did have more energy i also created like kits I made people. Oh, you made kits. Yeah. You're so lovely. Holla, holla at me if you need a um, carnival kit. <laughs> it's not for free. Carnival so. survival kit. <laughs> so, for real, like I had all kinds of immunity stuff, um, electrolytes. We, I made sure. See, I, I was basically a guy to say, "Hey, we're done with this fat. Go to sleep. Replenish your energy. Drink your electrolytes. Go right back to sleep." Because. They want to stay up and talk. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> they want to stay up and talk about the party. Yeah, I talk about, yo, man, you know, I saw her. She was, you know, I think that was my wife. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, we talk about that tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Go to, go to sleep, bro. Go to sleep. I woke up at 2 o'clock for the next party, and they were just, I could tell they just fell asleep. And I was just like, you got to wake back up. Time to get up. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. So now I won't have anyone go as hard as me. I was in Trinidad way before Carnival began. So with my family, we just went out, you know. So I think that's the biggest thing. And also, like, I want to say um, I hope in the future that a lot of the promoters – set some type of boundaries um with people coming in and, and playing carnival they paying a lot of money for these fets they're paying 200 us which could equate to like 1400 tt i think there should be some type of limit for locals like you know if i'm working and it's my only time to celebrate and i have to come out 1400 dollars. imagine you paying 1400 us for a party or something like that right that's because you have other people coming into the country um putting up the money and now you have more celebs who are paying way more um i think it prices out the locals and there should be some type of regulation on if you're a trinidad citizen or or something like just to keep it reasonable because now it's becoming crazy and the promoters i mean all due respect, I mean, they created a lot of um, the bands and they created a lot of these parties. So, of course, they could charge whatever they want. But I think there should be some type of um, cultural awareness of, like, the local community versus foreigner community. You know, and then me growing up in Washington, D.C. and coming home to Trinidad and always looking to reconnect with my family, um, I don't mind paying extra if it adds to um if it adds to the culture if it adds to if the money's being allocated amongst the community i don't mind doing that also i do have a trinidad i'm a trinidad citizen so i could move locally if i want to but um i I think there should be something in place just something just to make it a little regulation just make it a little easier you know just for people who are there agreed upon so the bottom line is respect the culture do your research work out, sleep, and stay tuned on all your platforms for this big group you're going to bring in 2021. Yeah, if y'all, look, it's always a big group until they find out how much it costs. Oh, <laughs> so then, get your coins together. Yeah, get your, get your <laughs> coins together. <laughs> all right, thanks for tuning in. So this wraps up this episode of The DJ and the Dancer. Make sure to follow us. I'm at Sakina underscore world. And I am at DJ Clean on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share.